This is Bara. This is Yaoi. Bara, Yaoi. Bara, Bara, Yaoi, Yaoi. This is. <laughs> to my place on the internet where I am your host Peter aka the mutton chop guy where I come out of my social hibernation to try to make more videos as the best qualities I'm able to provide because I'm still an amateur video maker yeah sorry it took me so long to make this video it's <sighs> let's just face it the holidays were not great for retail workers because a lot of us were being blamed for all the horrible things that are happening around the world Meanwhile, Twitter is canceling people who have no power, celebrities can't shut their goddamn mouths, and governments are literally trying to steal money from the people. And all I have to say is... 1984, you were right, man. That's a typo. Orwell's here now. He's living large. We have no names, man. No names. We are nameless. Yeah. So I'm sure as many of you guys can tell that with the title of this video that yes, I am redoing my history episode. And the main reason is, is one, when you actually look at all the comments that everybody says about all my cutaways and stuff. Yeah, okay, I was really, really new to making videos and probably shouldn't follow advice that came from 2010 when it's 2022 now. And, you know, watching that video now, as much as I appreciate the hard work and the labor of love I put into it, it was very, very amateurish, and it's, it's, uh, uh, look, I cringe at that video now, and from my time in the gloving community, they all will tell you the same thing, that if you watch an older video of yourself and you cringe at it, it's not a bad thing, it's literally you showing growth from yourself, about yourself, and you know that you've d gotten better since then. So, yeah, as I do kind of cringe at that video, I, I want to show that I can grow as well. I want to show that I'm able to do that. So this is why we're, we're doing this. Cool, 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 cool. However, if you still enjoy that old video for, for whatever reason you enjoy it for, it's, it's unlisted. It's not taken down from the internet. You can definitely go find the link of it in my Discord server. So if you're not a part of it, please check my description on this video. You'll find the link to that Discord server down below. I highly appreciate it if you do join, regardless if you want to see the old video or not. I just don't think it's necessary to have two videos of the same topic matter up when I, I just wanted to make a better presentation of an older video. I, you know, I, I think it's just weird to say that now, but I, I feel like I need to disclaim that. A couple of big shoutouts that I really want to give. First things first, I definitely want to give a huge shoutout to the members of the Bar Manga subreddit on Reddit, especially to the Reddit user Eternal Green X. If it wasn't for this person helping me out find some of the source material that I was trying to find on the older, older stuff that is part of this genre, I, I don't think this video would have been to the level that I tried to make it. So I, I, I can't thank this person enough like seriously I'm literally doing the the Wayne's world I'm not worthy bowing down thing to him because this person went out of their way to help me out for whatever reason they wanted to do it I I just cannot show how much 
appreciation that I have for this person doing that. The other shout out I want to give out to is to the members of my Discord server who have been providing me with some other things to use for this video, especially some of the stock footage that you guys are going to see from older animes that are from Japan. Don't know any of their names and if you do know any of their names please comment it down below so people can actually find it because I, I the, the the channel that I got the, this footage from that was provided to me doesn't really have them labeled out so yeah just want to point that out but anyways let's get right into the video so let's do this thing so if you were like me, you were probably introduced to manga at the young blossoming age of 12. And your first manga titles were things like Naruto or Bleach. Or like me, your first manga title was Rama Half. Of course, I've had friends that get me into this, as I'm sure you did too. If not, it's cool, we all have our own cool backstory. As my friends, many of them straight, were showing me the ropes of this sprawling world of literature, they told me that there were two terms I needed to be aware of, Yaoi and Yuri. They explained to me what these terms mean, and I avoided these like the plague because, you know, growing up in a shelter LDS home I was convinced that these were bad and just how they said cannabis was the devil's Devil lettuce. 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 Yes, I was fooled, like most kids in Christian families in America still are. Welcome to Bible study! We're all children of Jesus! Okay, enough of that mushy stuff. Fast forward to 2020, and I find myself yearning for stories that I can relate to with my current livelihood. That being a bisexual male married to another bisexual male for nearly a decade. So, I set forth, going back to the past times of my childhood, I dove right back into manga, hoping to recapture the spark of inspiration and admiration that captivated me as a child. It's then I remember the term yaoi and what my friends told me about it. So I start digging. Oh my god, what is this? Yaoi's just crazy sh**! Why are these characters like this? Where are all the big guys? Why is there so much violent sex? This is nothing like I expected. My friends f***ing lied to me! I must go research this. Okay, so if that's what that means, then where's the stuff for me? the Japanese word for rose that was used as a pejorative slur, bara became an outdated colloquial term referring to a genre of Japanese media, created by and for gay men, that focuses on male same-sex love and desire, properly known as gay manga, or gay komi. Another term that is used to refer to this genre is known as ML, or men's love. And this is the basis for one of the most batshit insane battle of the genres I have ever researched. Confused yet? We haven't even started on the whole confusion part yet, buddy! But we'll get back to those terms later. A major trait with this genre is that it typically showcases masculine men. Beautiful masculine men with varying degrees of muscle, body fat, and the key one here being that sweet, sweet body hair. So anything like beefcakes or 
bears in gay culture, which I totally stand. I like them big. I like them chunky. I like them big. I like them plumping. Gay komi is distinct from the straight woman catering genre yaoi, or boys love, which depicts more slender, androgynous, hyper-idealized form of male-male couples and have heteronormative trope dynamics which only causes more confusion. So to understand, this is Bara. This is Yaoi. Bara, Yaoi. Bara, Bara, Yaoi, Yaoi. This is, well, buff guys, yes, but come on now. There has been a lot of discourse on these two genres and their forms of queer representation, which only adds to the confusing mess. But we should go over the history of the term before we can root out the causes of this confusion. Ah, oh, shit. Here we go again. The term bara has historically been used in Japan as a pejorative slur for gay men, roughly equivalent to the English slurs pansy or buttercup, and those thankfully became outdated as well. But, of course, new slurs were adopted, like the ones that you hear kids shout over team chats because they can't think of better, more colorful words to use. <clears throat> Just saying, read a book, kids. You're not my dad! The 1960s saw the term being reappropriated by Japanese gay media, notably with Barakei, or Deal by Roses, an anthology book that is a collection of semi-nude photographs of gay writer Yokui Mishima, taken by photographer Eko Esso, which was released in 1961. Then again with Barazaku a decade later, and it became the first commercially produced gay magazine in Asia. By the late 1980s, the term fell out of use, with gay becoming the more preferred nomenclature for the political movements that were forming in Japan at that time. The late 1990s saw the rise of internet message boards and chat rooms where heterosexual administrators designated the gay sections as bar boards or bar chats, reviving the pejorative nature of the term. This subsequently caused non-Japanese users to adopt bara as the proper designation for the images and artwork posted within these forms. Of course, this misappropriation has been controversial amongst creators of gay komi, many of whom have expressed discomfort or even confusion over the term being used to describe their work. As time passed, however, gay mangaka started identifying the term for the character archetypes in their works in the same regard as bishonen in BL, rather than a genre descriptor. The gay komi creator Gingo Takame has described Bara as a convenient shorthand for talking about art that's linked by big, burly, hairy, and muscly characters, and not as a term to describe gay manga creators themselves. Today, Bara is often used flexibly as an umbrella term to describe a wide variety of gay media featuring masculine to hypermasculine men, including Japanese and non-Japanese fan art, gay adult photography, gay furry artwork, Hey! Oh god, not you again. What do you want? Are we going to talk about it again? Talk about what again? You know what I'm talking about. Okay, yes, I do, but we'll get to that. Just, not right now. Good. How the hell does he keep getting into my house? Now, where was I? Oh, and numerous other categories, instead of being a label for the genre itself. Once it became a character term, many gay mangaka have discussed the dichotomy between bara and bishonen characters demographical targeting, showcasing in multiple instances how terminology gets so muddled with localization and lack of clarification for the western markets. Now, back to those terms at the beginning. Remember how I said that men's love is another term for the genre? Well, people have been using that just like how boys love is used, and I'm not sure that you can actually say that's accurate if we look at how BL is used. 
There are many videos out there on the BL genre and I suggest checking out Get In The Robots video as it was really informative on the BL yaoi genre dichotomy as a whole. Alright then I will. A common way I've seen people dissect that genre is that BL isn't explicit with nudity as yaoi is. So I can see where people make this conclusion with men's love but there isn't really that much non-explicit gay manga out there for it to have its own separate term. So, gay komi remains to be the current term for the genre, but who knows, it could change again rendering this entire segment moot and making me look like a fool. Which would not be the first time that has ever happened. F***ing idiot. Okay, now that we've spent an absurd amount of time just clearing up the terminology the best we could <laughs> as a westerner, let's actually go into the much longer than people realize history of the genre. Even though it's a relatively recent emerging art form, gay komi belongs to an extensively long history of homosexuality in Japanese visual art, with traces originating from Shunga artwork of the Edo period. But gay manga historians have cited the Musha-e artwork from the Muromachi period as the forerunner of the art styles seen in gay komi today, with hairy muscular men being more commonly depicted in violent scenarios than Shunga depicts. Gay komi as a genre got its start in private circulated magazines and can be traced back to the 1960s with the fetish magazine Fuzo Kukitan, which published gay and lesbian content alongside hetero content, and is cited as a major influence by gay manga historians. Homoerotic photography from Japanese artists like Tomotsu Yato and Hagakuro, alongside western artists like George Quentence and Tom Finland as the most notable ones. It's also noted that most of the character models resemble more bishonen-like characteristics but the tone of these early works are described as dark spiritual male beauty, emphasizing a sense of sorrow and sentimentalism. The 1960s also saw more historical homosexual world of Japan depicted in these early works with samurai and yakuza being popular subjects. The 1970s and 1980s saw gay magazine titles like Adon, Seibu, MLMW, Samson, and SMZ enter into the fray with the shift towards lifestyle content while catering their erotic content around specific themes or fetishes. This is also where we get our first serializations of gay komi like Gokin Genyo or How Are You by Yamaguchi Masashi and Barazaku along with Tough Guy and Makeup by Kaido Jin and Adon. The art of this period is also credited for its realism, optimism, and depicting modern rather than historical scenarios that previous generations of artists have depicted. The success of these magazines spawned many spin-offs of themselves, catering to more niche-specific content. The most notable of these spin-offs is Barakomi, which published Gay Komi exclusively. This is also the time where we see Western gay culture's influence took place, depicting sportsman-type jocks or leather garment enthusiasts over samurai and yakuza, mostly due to the increased accessibility to American gay adult media and the rise of sports manga's popularity. I also recommend James Thornton's video on the history of gay adult film industry called Making It Big as a point of reference to how gay media evolved in America, which helps to show this contrast to how gay komi evolved. By the 1990s, magazine titles like Body and G-Men included editorial coverage of gay pride, club culture, and HIV-related topics alongside gay komi. Enter Gagore Takame, the gay komi artist who co-founded the gay magazine G-Men, which stands for Gengora's Men. 
This magazine is created for catering to the macho fantasy within gay komi, as opposed to the sleeker, yaoi-inspired styles popular in the 1980s, and garnered steady readership by publishing serialized content every issue. This is where we see our first major shift to the more muscular, bearish style we see today, making Takame one of the most influential creators in the medium. By the turn of the 21st century and into the new millennium, Gay Komi has lost most of its print magazine outlets with ceased publication, starting with Sabu in 2001, Barazoku in 2004, then with G-Men in 2016, and Body in 2019, leaving Samson being the only active magazine publication. Other major publishers of Gay Komi have closed, stopping publication of translated work, causing a scarcity within the market and driving the price of certain manga out there up to thousands upon thousands of dollars. Wait, what? With no viable print alternative, most Geikomi artists self-publish their works as dodinshi, as well as online art community forums where these artists post commissions. Guy Mizuki is regarded as one of the most prolific creators of the slash style dojinshi on famous properties like Attack on Titan. However, while still limited exposure to the Western audience, Geikomi has been cited as the next big porn wave coming out of Japan. Yes. Yes. Yes! Distribution of gay komi was done primarily in gay magazines in Japan and the rest of Asia, while Western audience relied on scanlations and pirated material from online forum sites. So if you're somebody who keeps asking me, where can I read this? I, I am not going to tell you because if I tell you, that brings more visibility, therefore making those things close down because they are illegal. So please, please stop asking me. There's other places you can check. Mm-hmm, I heard that. I wish I didn't hear that, but I just heard that. There has been some publishers in Europe that have begun translating many of Geikomi material, while a couple of US publishers have made a few anthologies showcasing these artists' work, one being called Massive, Gay Erotic Manga and the Men Who Make It. As of 2020, most gay manga is published in doujinshi and typically sold digitally through crowdfunding websites such as Pixiv Fanbox and Patreon, or at dedicated gay manga doujinshi conventions such as Yarufest along with Kemoket. Gay manga anthologies are typically produced by doujin circles rather than professional publishers, as in the case of Otoko Masuri, an ongoing anthology produced by the Mitsuwa Building Circle. There is another one called Bagos Book in Paris, France that showcases Western artists. A number of arrow gay, which is erotic games, aimed at gay male audiences and featuring gay manga-inspired artwork have been produced in Japan. Historically, these games have been doujin soft and features gameplays in genres like visual novels, dating sims, or strip version games with skills like pachinko or checkers. An independent arrow gay community has a plethora of games using the bara tag to this day as a way to differentiate from the ever-prevalent yaoi tag. The rise of mobile gaming has presented new opportunities for gay arrogay, and the 2016 mobile gacha game Tokyo After School Summoners is the first large-scale gay game featuring voice actors and commercially produced character artwork, which is a huge deal. Even with the many strides of progress Geikomi has made into the mainstream media, there is still no currently made anime that is considered Geikomi, nor any that showcases the bar character archetype as the protagonist of the story. This is owed to a significant financial cost associated with producing animation relative to a niche audience and genre, as well as the absence of gay manga magazines producing serialized content that would lend itself to episodic adaptation. Despite this, the increased presence of objectified masculine bodies as fanservice in anime beginning in the 2010s have been cited as an example of gay manga's influence on mainstream anime, as in series such as All Out, Free, and Golden Come We, which is a show that I watched in 
boy, they weren't kidding about the amount of influence from gay manga is on that show. Like, <laughs> see it or meet, people. See it or meet. One series that is in contention to officially have a Bower character in it is The Titan's Bride, but it's still strongly considered a BL anime due to the tropes expressed within the narrative and only showcasing the body type rather than the character type of Geikomi characters. Also the lack of body hair makes it a hard sale for that claim too. One title I would consider a BL manhwa to have a Bower character in it is Leibling, where the main love interest, Leo, showcases all the characteristics of Geikomi staples. Speaking of which... Flawless segue. Geikomi has big chunky dudes in it. That's a given. But did you know that it's typically categorized based on the body shape of the characters depicted? Let's get into that. Common designations include the bulging muscles Gachiri, beefy curves Gachimuchi, the bulky Gachi Debu, along with the fluffy Debu. Most Geikomi stories are one-shots, primarily focusing on sex and sexuality to the exclusion of plot and character development, while other stories include realistic depictions of gay males' lives, addressing subject material such as coming out, gay pride, and same-sex marriage. Geikomi stories from the mid to late 1990s share common themes with BDSM and non-consensual sex with their yaoi counterpart but focuses more strongly on stories based on relationship structure around age, status, or power dynamics, rather than the semi and uke dynamic Yaoi has historically endorsed, and still kinda does for some reason. One other distinction about Geikomi from Yaoi, cited by many critics of the genre, is having more realistic portrayals of gay male sexuality and their characters identifying as gay or bi themselves. Something I want to point out when it comes to the discourse is when people state that Geikomi is more realistic in its depiction, they're speaking to the interests and sexual desires of the MLM community more than what Yaoi caters to, which is the sexual desires of street women. Another point to this discord that many fans of BL view it as escapist fiction, allowing women to explore hypersexual kinks and power dynamics without the associated trauma of female characters being involved. Here is where much of the discourse really culminates about the representation debacle and how different creators portray these characters. This is also reflected in the differences of tropes and dynamics between the two genres. Speaking of which, let's get right into the genre tropes. It's pretty clear that many staple tropes and themes from the erotic genre are present here, and the various kings being catered to. So I don't really think I need to go any further on that. Historically though, the older or senior character uses the younger or subordinate character for sexual purpose, lending to the power dynamics of the time, whether it was age or class. The earlier works of the genre in the 60s and 70s contain more historical fictional work covering gangster mentality of samurai and the Yakuza. This is where more violent BDSM themes were cultivated and flourished, showing that dark male spiritual beauty referred to earlier. 
Some gay comedy stories subvert this dynamic and show a younger, physically smaller white collar man as a dominant sexual partner to an older, larger bearded blue collar man as the genre developed. As the genre grew and developed in the 90s, the second type of stories explored were more into the sportsman athletic archetype where the character had more focus than the sexual aspects, developing more modern appeal. We also see things like facial hair and short haircuts becoming more popular at this time. This is also where we see a shift to having characters who have some criminal background scenarios, as this lends to the tragic backstory to more light-hearted endings in gay comedy stories. Common motifs that are super prevalent within this genre are things like bathhouse encounters. This is like the genre's beach episode, seriously. Traditional type festivals, ones usually involving some sports activity, the use of the fundonchi, this is what really separates it from yaoi, tattoos and scars, contact sports, sumo being the big one here, and orcs. A lot of orcs. Like more orcs than any other fantasy creature I've seen. Ever. Perfect! Conversely, some gay manga explore romantic, autobiographical, and dramatic subject material, while eschewing depictions of sex entirely. A notable example of a non-erotic gay manga is My Brother's Husband, the first all-ages manga by Gigoro Takame, which focuses on themes of homophobia, cultural differences, and family. Another one by the same author is Our Colors, a story of a gay second year male student who meets an older gay male running a cafe, and focuses on themes of intergenerational friendships, mentorship, and facing adversity with one's peer group. Are you going to talk about it now? Yes, I'm going to talk about it now. Can you please stop interrupting me, or would you like to discuss it? No, no, I'll let you do it. Okay then. Please leave. Okay. Man, what is his problem? Are you kidding me? Okay, a major component that some people may attribute to as a motif within the genre, but is actually more of a separate genre that overlaps with Geikomi called Kimono. No, no, no. That's a Kimono. This is Kimono, also known as Furry. However, there is a lot more that goes into this than just, oh, it's furry stuff, and calling it a day. Yes, kimono has a long-standing history in Japanese art, just like Western furry art does in Western art. And there are plenty of videos on the history of furry art out there to check out. May I suggest the fandom docuseries that Ash Coyote published, as it was where I learned much of the fandom, called The Fandom. Kinda ironic in my opinion. Plus, many manga artists and animators did imitate a lot of the characters that they would see coming from Disney, but that was because many competing factors within business and the industry at large. The father of modern manga, Osamu Tezuka, was even a huge fan of the Western company, and you can see where the influence comes into play with other authors in the industry, with titles like Norokuro, Kimbo the White Lion, and The Wonderful World of Puss in Boots. Noted as probably the most influential artist in the kimono world is Yasuji Mori, a renowned Japanese animator of Toei Animation. You know, that one studio who along with other studios have been striking various YouTubers with copyright claims? No, 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 no. The animator would lead to the emergence of kimono into the modern age, influencing artists like Ukita Takenon and Gamaji. Another artist who has influenced modern kimono art is Joji Mananabe. And you can see where the shift to what today's kimono art looks like, cited by many artists of the niche genre. Now, I did a whole thing why there is a lot of kimono art within the gay komi genre, along with the furry fandom at large. So if you want to check it out, it, it, it's, it's up there. 
I did cover how the furry fandom is essentially a queer space. Let me repeat that, a queer space, not just a gay space. Yeah, if you remember from my furry video, I showed a chart breaking down the survey for the fandom and it shows the majority's share were bisexual. So saying that it's just gay is a misnomer. Yes, there is a lot of gay art that pretty much dominates that space, but it doesn't reflect the fandom's demographic. However, I didn't cover some of the notable works within Kimono and Gay Komi that garner a strong, devoted Western audience. So, allow me to correct myself. With the rise of gacha games, Kimono and Gay Komi flourished as the exposure to Western audience became more accessible. The most notable example of this is Tokyo After School Summoners, as this was requested heavily by the Western audience. Anecdotal evidence suggests that the furry fandom's discovery of the Therian character, or Kurikamui, designed by Gamma Chaos, was the catalyst for this game's eventual official English translation. However, I, that's really hard for me to corroborate those claims, but believe me, many, many people have told me that. So, if you have any resources detailing these claims, please share as I would like to see it. Other notable commercially successful titles are Live a Hero, Gai, which I do, I, I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it, Another Eidos of Dragon Vein, and Arknight. Now that I got all that out of the way, we can move on to talking about notable artists within the genre and their notable works. Let's do it! Many gay mangaka tend to keep their life private, which is something I highly respect and wish more people did with other creators. But that's just me. Many gay mangaka that make up this genre and has influenced it point to Gigoro Takame as the godfather of gay komi. With his debut title, The Toyed Man, in 1987, Takame became widely regarded as the most influential creator and historian of gay manga, being a catalyst in shifting fashion and aesthetics among gay men in Japan, moving away from the clean-shaven slender styles and towards the tendency of larger bodies and body hair. That sweet, sweet body hair. Takami's most notable works that was not already mentioned are The Fisherman's Lodge, House of Brutes, Pride, and his anthology series, The Passions of Gagora Takami. Another one is Jiraiya, my personal favorite, noted for his hyper-real drawing styles and was one of the first gay manga artists to use digital illustrations extensively. Jiraiya's art has appeared in apparel created by several American fashion brands, including Opening Ceremony and Pretty Snake as well as pamphlets for bars and clubs around Japan. The stories in Jiraiya's works are more lighthearted with the story endings and almost always involves a massive body type character as the main focus of the story. His most notable works are Room for Five Guys, Song of Gratitude, Three Crows, and the two doujinshis Caveman Goo and Two Horses. Noted as a gay manga artist who achieved significant crossover success with mainstream audiences is Sansuke Yamada. After his 2013 historical drama manga, Areo Hashikuzo, Yamada won Asuma Tezuka Cultural Prize and the Grand Prize at the Japanese Cartoonist Association Awards in 2019. Next is Takechi Metsu, who is a gay manga artist who achieved crossover success between gay male and female audiences. Formerly an author of shonen manga, Matsu made his erotic comics debut in Kinuko Otoko, a magazine marketed towards both men and women. Matsu's works has been praised for their comedic and light-hearted tone in contrast to the darker BDSM themes of his peers. And I, I think you can also put Dry in that, that category because he didn't really do a lot of that work, though there is one notable work that you can put in that category. Other notable artists of the gay komi genre are Kumara Pusuke, 
Seizu Ebuzubashi, Kazuhide Ichikawa, with kimono artists like Jin, Jiro, Draw2, Matsuzaki Tsukasa, Bighorn Sheep, and Arashi Takamoto, who is really popular in the West as far as I can tell. It's over now, we gotta go. Wow, I haven't realized that it was gonna take me this long just to make this episode and make this video as long as it is now. I'm terribly sorry that it just, so much research and so much work went into this. Like, it took me two weeks to make this video with the amount of crazy stuff that's happening here in my own home as well as happening everywhere else in the world. Certainly hope to the people who are affected in the areas of conflict that you guys are safe and you guys are not harmed in any way and hopefully you guys are able to listen to my content still. And if you still are, awesome. I hope everything is going well for you. But to close things off, if you have any recommendations that have any of the following tags of either Geikomi, Bar, or Men's Love, please send it to me in my comment section that you'll find down below. I would love to see any recommendations for you guys, and I know I'm going to try to make more content here pretty soon. I already got a couple of things on my plate to make, like there's a certain video game that I need to work on, there's another manga, or manhwa actually, it's actually a manhwa that I want to talk about because it's one of my personal favorite ones and it's been one of the ones I've been really been wanting to work on so yep please send me any of your recommendations for any of those following categories if you want to help me out in any ways please like share and subscribe to my channel it does help me out in a lot of ways follow me on my social media you find all that stuff in the description down below as well consider donating to my ko-fi if you want your recommendations to bump up itself on the list other than that stay safe be free and see you guys next time Bye-bye.